Thank you very much. God bless you. You may have your seats. Amen. Amen. To the guy who uh, clapped when Pastor Idris said he wasn't preaching, uh, God forgive you. That's what you need, like, hallelujah. Amen. Let me, let me thank you all for this invitation. I was asking Chineye uh, when it was I came last. Um, I don't remember the subject, funny enough, um, but I hear it was in February. So I probably didn't do badly to be back here um, in May. I want to thank uh, Pastor Idris and our mother in Israel. <laughs> We tease ourselves with different names, uh, Pastor Ogo, and all of your leadership, uh, uh, Tolu, uh, Asowumi, Chineye, and all you lovely spiritual people. God bless you, Fola. God bless you for uh, making this work work. I pray that God will increase whatever he has put in your hands in the name of Jesus. Amen. Unfortunately, I'm not uh, speaking about sex today. If you didn't uh, look at the billboard, it's Thursdays only. You know, when I was coming and turning, I saw a guy looking at the billboard. You know, <laughs> checking that his church. I actually thought I saw Pastor Idris Belu Osage, sexuality counselor. You know, <laughs> but the guy, you know, he, 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 you could see the bent. Like, is this church? What's, what's going on with these people? And I, you know, I, I came to talk about more spiritual things. Um, um, you know, I, I don't know how you guys, uh, we're, we're growing spiritually, amen, spiritually, that's the subject today, I hope you, uh, I hope you are still happy to listen, <laughs> yeah, but, but the, the sex series is good, um, I said last Sunday in church, you know, a lot of us, or Wednesday, a lot of us have ideas of what sex is from, um, uh, you know, romantic films we've watched, uh, Indian films, you know, where their eyes met and then this song started playing in the background. And you think it's all about, uh, you know, destroying all the plates in the kitchen and, you know, throwing things off the shelf, you know. Uh, but that's why it's called a film. Yeah? That's why it's called a film. <laughs> Real life is not like that. So if some of the stuff you heard shocked you, good for you. Um, I know we do have some married people here. If you are not married yet, please don't buy. Well, if you buy the messages, don't listen too much. Uh, listen briefly and then move on. Yeah. When God then gives you a wife or a husband, you need the series. Yeah. And then you need to see Pastor Idris for some advice. He happens to be um, an authority on the subject. Um, I won't say more than that, you know. Um, so, <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. I love LifePoint. Um, I love your, I love your, thank you. I love your, uh, I love your spirit here. I love the fact that it's such a relaxed place, you know. Uh, something about here always tells me, take off your tie. This is holy ground, you know. <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. Um, uh, so I just want to thank you again. God bless you and increase what he's doing through you. For my brother who spoke, uh, Bumi, I believe, yeah, who spoke, uh, who, who gave his God experience. I, I don't want us to underestimate the impact or the power of 
what we do here at Elevation, this whole God experience thing. I think it's a beautiful thing when you can chart your course with God, when you can say, this is what I've been through. Uh, now I can connect the dots. This is where God was taking me to. This is where I am with him now. It's a beautiful thing. And I want to challenge you all to go back home. Amen. To go back home and ask yourself, what is my God experience? What has God done with me? What is he doing with me now? Uh, it gives you a sense of him in whom I've got a sense of confidence, uh, knowing like Paul said, uh, uh, I know him in whom I believed. I know he's able to keep that which I have entrusted into his hands unto that day. Let's open in our Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4. If you will, my wife has been introduced. Amen. Uh, so I want to do that again. Ephesians chapter 4, we'll read, we'll read verse, if we have verse 8 on the screen, I don't know. Okay, can we read this together? One, two, let's go. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captives and he gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. I'll then go on to verse 13, I'll do 14, and I'll do 15, the same Ephesians chapter 4. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect, if you do not have uh, a, a parallel Bible, uh, you want to write mature there. If your translation is saying perfect, perfect there is not perfection. Perfect there is not, I don't make any mistakes, I don't commit any sins, I don't do anything wrong. Perfect there is mature mature, till you become more grown up, yeah, to, you, uh, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceit, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head of the church. Forgive me, I should have done from verse 11. Can we do verse 11? Okay, good. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Can we read 11 and 12 together? One, two, let's go. And he gave himself... And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Read verse 12 carefully. Let's go. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God gave the five-fold office or the five gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry that the body of Christ might be edified. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the making of ministers of the saints. I therefore submit to you that Pastor Idris is not a minister. His job is to equip you to become a minister. He is the facilitator of the class, if you will. He gave the pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, and teacher for the equipping of the saints that the saints may be able to do the work of ministry. 
when the saints are able to do the work of ministry, then the body of Christ is edified or built up. If the body of Christ keeps looking at the pastors as the ministers, then there is no building up of the body of Christ and we don't come to that place of maturity or unity or fullness of that measure of the stature of Christ. Help me uh, uh, introduce yourself to the minister beside you. You see, some of you are even shocked. Amen. Use the word minister before you say, before you say your name. Say, I'm Minister Fola. I'm Minister Chinenye. Yeah? I'm Minister Femi. How did that feel? Felt odd, right? Yeah, some of you are saying, ah, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. But we're just reading the Bible. I didn't say that off the top of my head. He gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, Pastors and teachers, I might as well say he gave Pastor Idris and Pastor Ogo to equip the saints at the Life Point Church so that the saints at the Life Point Church can do the work of ministry. One of the signs that you are growing is if I come back here at the end of the year and somebody you know, who was just in the crowd today is able to come up here and give us a short charge or a short word of exhortation from God's word before the, the word comes forth. Does that sound scary? That's what you're meant to be doing. Do that is meant to be doing the work of the ministry. And the Bible says only when we do that is the work is the body of Christ built up into maturity. Only when we ourselves choose to mature, when we ourselves choose to go further, when we ourselves choose to go beyond where we are presently. That's why I love the God experience. Because you are able to say, this is where I am with God today. I believe that this is where God is taking me to. We want to, take, uh, want to treat the subject growing up spiritually. I want to address what I believe are the stages of spiritual growth for the purpose of time. I will pick and choose and I will focus on some things and not on others. If you will read First uh, Peter chapter 2 and the second verse, it says to us, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Sincere there is also the word pure. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. My first point is that no one is born a full-grown human naturally or spiritually. No one is born a full-grown human naturally or spiritually. No one is born a full-grown human naturally or spiritually. Everyone was born a baby. I remember the uh, uh, story about, uh, you know, this group of tourists who went to this city. He, uh, many times in the Elevation Church who went to this village. You know, they were on a tour of a city and they went to this village. And one of the uh, tourists was trying to make small talk uh, with one of the villagers. And he said to him, uh, uh, pray me, uh, uh, pray tell me, were, were any great men born in this city, uh, in, in this village? And the, the villager thought for a few seconds and said, nah, only babies. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Only babies. Because great men are not born. Great men are made or developed or grown or nurtured. No one was born a great man. No one was born a spiritual giant. Everyone was born a baby. And the same applies spiritually. The same applies spiritually. You are born a spiritual babe 
and then you grow up. The Bible says when we take the sincere milk of the word, we are able to grow. Some things you will see that are very uh, 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 specific to a newborn child. I want to mention them. Number one is innocence. 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 Isn't it interesting how we all just... Have you ever seen a baby before and you thought, looked at the baby suspiciously? And you said, hmm, I wonder what this baby did in his past life. <laughs> Amen. You know, you see, all you think is innocence. You want to, you know, touch the baby's cheek. You want to, coo, 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 coo. oh, lovely baby. Oh, you look so... Well, I love you don't have babies. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. But innocence is the first thing that comes to your mind. You're not thinking, hmm, I wonder what this baby does when he's alone. You're not thinking about that. Yeah? Have you ever uh, had some money and you were going to leave the room where a baby was and you thought, hmm, this baby, hmm. Now, seriously, if there's such a person here, you need help. <laughs> That's the truth. You know why? Because a baby is innocent. A baby has no past. When you are born again, you have no past. When you are born again, you have no history. You may think you have, but spiritually you don't. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature or creation. Not a, new, not a renewed one. A new one. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things are new. This is for the guy or the lady who thinks, oh, in my past life, you know, I sinned a lot and I, I fornicated a lot and I did a lot of wrong things. You have no past life. Did you hear that? You have no past life. In fact, some of us work so hard to remind God of the things we did. Oh, God, and God has no memory. All God is looking at is a baby. Oh, God, I'm sorry I sinned. I, I used to do this, and God is saying, goo, goo, goo. Oh, lovely baby. <laughs> and you're laboring under the weight of condemnation because now you are born again, and you're thinking, oh, will God ever forgive me for all the bad things I did? And God is saying, goo, goo. I used to say that when we gave our lives to Christ, God took all our sins and threw them in the, in the, in the sea, and he put a sign there saying, no fishing. Some of us would take our rods there every now and then. Ah, in my past life. Listen to me. A sinner does not sin. Have I shocked you? Good. It is a believer who sins. A sinner does not sin because his very nature is sin. He has in him the nature of sin. I find it interesting when somebody is leading an altar call and he says people come forward, starts to confess all the sins you've sinned. <laughs> Do you have time? <laughs> because it will take some remembering. If that is what you are calling sin. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit will come, he will convict the world of sin that they know not the Father. The only sin a sinner has committed is that he doesn't know God. The other things are consistent with his nature as a sinner. Nothing else. 
See any of liver, if any man, he says, he that is born of God does not sin because the seed of God, the DNA of God now abides in him. But if any man sin, so it's a believer who sins. It's a believer who can say, I sinned yesterday. I sinned at so-so time. In other words, I went against my nature. When you are born again, you have no past life. And I'm saying that to free someone from that spirit of condemnation that is hanging on your back like a monkey. Romans 8 uh, 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 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in union with Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. There is now no condemnation. Tell your neighbor I have no past. No past. No past. No past. I don't care how bad it was. I don't care how sinful it was. You know when you say, you know there are some people, you see some people say, ah, this guy was a sinner. Ah, he was a bad sinner. <laughs> you know, it's, it's bad enough to be a sinner, but you know some people, they were good at what they did. Uh-huh. Such people, they, they don't have any past. We don't have any past. All God sees when he looks at you when you come to him in salvation, is a baby. Some of us think God is this man up there who is holding a cane, and the minute you give your life to him, he's there to strike you whenever you do something wrong. No. A baby. God trusts you infinitely. God believes in you. God is not suspicious of you. God believes that there's so much potential in you that can come out. God believes you can grow. All the things you are thinking about, God doesn't even remember them. Why should you? Tell your neighbor, I have no past. You became a new man in Christ. You have no past. Stop trying to remind God that you have a past. Because you have none. He has no clue what you're talking about when you're praying and saying, oh, God, you know, oh, I don't know, maybe this, maybe this thing is, you know, maybe, maybe you're just trying to repay me for what I did when I was a sinner. And God is wondering, he's probably calling the angels together like, <laughs> he has no clue what you're talking about. God will not repay you for your days as a sinner. No, it was who you were. Imagine calling a cock forward and saying, start to remember all the times you crowed. (laughs) Say, I have no past. Good. So, one of the things you see is innocence. Now, let me say that that innocence must be maintained and sustained even as we grow. Because the thing with us is, you know, as we begin to grow as Christians, then we begin to see ourselves as a, a spiritual giants of... Uh, uh, now we know Timba and uh, uh, Kaliba, you know, Firoko and Ubechi, yeah? And we think, oh, now we know a bit of the word, yeah? And so we are, we, we've graduated. God insists that you maintain that childlike attitude, that childlike innocence as you grow as a believer. And Luke 18, the 17th verse, it says, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter it. The kingdom of God has to be received as a little child. As a little child. That should be your spirit. Second thing you see is ignorance. For babies, ignorance. 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 A baby is largely ignorant. My, my, I have a, uh, an eight-month-old son, 
and he had his first fall yesterday. <laughs> you know, I, I like to uh, bathe my son, and uh, uh, I left him on the bed. I left him. I mean, now he's, you know, the boy is uh, he's putting on a good crawl now with some swagger, and now he thinks that he can, you know, climb anywhere and do anything. He hasn't even started the full crawling. You know the one where they are going back, the Michael Jackson crawl. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The boy already thinks uh, he can fly. So I left him on the bed to go uh, run his water. And the next thing I heard this loud scream. Ah! I said, it has happened. <laughs> I've, been trying to, I've been trying to make sure this day doesn't come. Amen. And he was on the floor. <laughs> Humbled. <laughs> Man, he's ignorant. You know, he thought this little thing was all that there is. Yeah? So he, he, he found his way to the edge of the bed and thought, ah, I believe I can fly, you know? And, <laughs> and uh, there were no legs to support. Amen. Ignorant. Another thing you notice with them is that they seem to draw everything to their mouth. Their mouth seems to be this black hole in the solar system that just, you know, anything a child grabs, uh, you know what I'm saying? Amen. So you also need to be careful about the environment in which you keep a child. Why? Because you know a child is very ignorant. A child is very ignorant. If you don't realize you're a child, you leave that ignorance and then you start to, you start to look for spirit, super spiritual things. You know, you know the kind of books some of us growing up uh, as, as, as Christians, some of us came across nasty stuff, new age stuff. And we, uh, <laughs> funny doctrines. The Bible says that you no more be like children being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, everything anybody and everybody says. That's why I love the believers in uh, uh, Acts 17, verse 11, the Berean Christians. The Bible says that they went home. It says the, the, the Christians in Berea were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Why? Because they always went home to search the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. They, they based their theology in scripture. So you just give your life to Christ. There you read it. To read is not the one on dreams and interpretation of dreams. Yeah? There you read about the serpentine spirit, the spirit of incubus and succubus. <laughs> I say, hey, ah, I knew this spiritual realm. So many things. Amen. You haven't crawled, though. Don't forget. Uh -huh. You are reading about the tabernacle, uh, 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 the, 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 the holy place and the most holy place and the inner court. Uh, Pastor, I want to study the beard of Aaron this week, uh, uh, the beard of Moses. You know, those days the prophet used to, used to wear a gown and then there's the ephod and, and there's the urim and the tumim. Amen. And you can't even quote, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You are setting yourself up for trouble. Amen. You'll be like my son who thought... Uh, who thought he could drive? Because <laughs> for, I mean, have you, you've put your child in front of the steering wheel before. Have you? Anybody here? Femi, you've, ah, uh, Femi, you've put your, they don't know you have children. <laughs> you've put your child in front of the steering wheel before. Amen. The child wants to commandeer the thing now. Have you ever thought, well, since he insists. Have you thought that before? Uh -huh. You know, it's like giving a child an AK-47. I say, be careful, Lou, be careful. AK-47. Say, Pastor, man, so anytime, I just need to tell him to be careful. He'll be careful. <laughs> God help you. <laughs> yeah? Ignorance. Ignorance. That we no more be like children. Toss, bro. 
by every wind of doctrine. Don't consume poisonous doctrine, poisonous books, poisonous music. It's the guy in, uh, it's the guy in, uh, some guy was giving a testimony about two weeks ago in church. He was shot on Glover Road, yeah? And he says he was on Glover Road, there was traffic, and, um, uh, you know, some guy came and, you know, pointed a gun at him, and he said it's interesting because he was listening to uh, music by, I think it was maybe Olamide or one of these people, saying, pay me the money or something. Bring the money. Give me the money. Yeah. He said that's the music he was listening to, and then some guy came up to collect the money. Yeah. Yeah. It was just interesting. Amen. You know, I'm not saying anything spiritual, super spiritual, but it was just interesting. Amen. When, you, when, you, when you're growing spiritually, you can't afford to load yourself constantly, you know, with music that does not edify, with books that don't edify. Listen, you now have a Bible. Spend less time with the, I, I don't know if Mills and Boons still rings a bell, no? What do they read now? Yeah, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, some of you want to selfie everything. And I mean, I was coming now on the roundabout. I saw a guy standing and they were taking his picture. I said, ah, who does this? <laughs> yeah? You want to do that and you want to be in style and in vogue. You see, but some things will always be in vogue. They are evergreen. The word of God will never, should never go out of vogue. <laughs> Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Don't wear a tie. Dress how you want. Come in with your double-breasted. Change your worship style. Just don't change the word. Don't change it. Don't change it because that is what the devil looks out for. If you walk out of here today and you haven't had a word in you, the devil has no problem with you. You are perfectly fine. The kind of people who he goes after are those who receive a word and then go out with the word, expecting to apply that word. If you read in, I think it's Matthew 13, the parable of the sower and the, and the, and the, and the soil and the seed. It says that the, devil, the, the, the enemy came to attack him because of the word that was in him. The devil has no problem with you. The minute you choose to take a word. Number three, irritability irritability. These are things you see with babies. Irritability. Babies are easily spoiled. Amen. Babies are easily spoiled. You know, before I had kids, I used to wonder when, when uh, you, you put a child down and the child starts crying and my mom would say, oh, they've spoiled him. I can't, uh, I wish I could translate it to English. They say, what if for budget? That means they've, let me transliterate it. They have used hand to spoil him. Yeah? <laughs> they've used hand to spoil him. That means they've, they've gotten him used to, aha, uh-huh, you know. So you put him down and the baby starts crying, no, I want you to carry me. I want you to carry me. Some is light, yeah. Babies are used to seeing light all the time. Now you turn off the light, you want to sleep. Oh, no, I want the light. Oh, I want the... Babies are easily spoiled. And you see that in church when we're growing up spiritually. A lot of us have already been spot. We don't even realize that this thing involves growth. You are going to grow out of this milk stage. Amen. Somebody said when I gave my life to Christ, they told me everything was going to be fine. They just didn't tell me when. (laughs) You will grow out of this milk stage. Ah, pastor, I remember those days when I gave my life to Christ. In fact, I just need to close my eyes and my prayers will be answered. Anybody's testimony? Uh, do it now, now. You close your eyes, you open it. <laughs> you continue. <laughs> Why? Because God expects more. God expects more. 
Yeah? So you see some people in church, oh, nobody visited me. When are you going to start visiting people? Nobody smiled at me in church. I don't like that church. Nobody smiled at me. I went there. Did you smile at anybody? <laughs> Did you reach your hand out to anybody? Yeah? So you just know, mm, those are babies. Just put an arm around them, rock them a bit. Yeah, say, do it, go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. They'll grow, they'll grow. Amen, they'll grow. You get to the point where you realize, man, I mean, the Bible says he that will make friends will show himself friendly. Uh-huh, I've got to get on with this thing. Yeah, I've been a baby long enough. Easily irritable. Easily. Spot to being visited, spot to being called. Pastor Idris didn't call me. Go here. I'm not, I'm not coming to church on Sunday. Pastor Idris didn't call me. How many people should Pastor Idris call here? You're over 100 people here. Has anybody given thoughts to that and thought, ah, come on, let me help Pastor Idris call some people too. Pastor Idris, is there anything I can do for you? Are there any people I can call for you? Then he knows you're growing. But if it's about walking in the church and uh, you feel like the solar system revolves around you or the, you know, all the planets, yeah, uh, 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 your seat should be ready in church, uh, uh, you know, the song must be on point, yeah. Pastor, I hope you have a solid word today. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> make sure you bless me. <laughs> then it just shows you're not growing yet. Yeah, that guy singing, ah, oh, you should have done key F and key Z. You go up and do it, mm, since you are that good. Amen. In, in Psalm 131, the second verse, David said, Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even weaned as a child. Another one, of course, is we spoil them to breastfeeding. So you see a child, you already asked 32 teeth. <laughs> so it's no more breast. It's breast, breast sucking and chewing. Yeah? <laughs> I say, ha, ah, this boy. <laughs> Don't disgrace me outside. When you see a child, when you see a two-year-old pulling the mother's shirt in public, <laughs> then you, know, you know that uh, your time has come. Trying to win it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, it could be a painful period when they're trying to win a child. I said, No, you are not taking any press me. The guy will cry, the guy will knock his head. <laughs> Don't worry, he will survive. Yeah? He'll survive. And some of you are already locating yourselves in what I've said. So let's look at how to grow spiritually. I want to just jump to that. Amen. How to grow spiritually. I know that in my notes I have a, a um, um, uh, childhood and manhood, but I want to grow. I want to jump uh, s- straight away to how to grow spiritually. Let's let's talk on those things. How to grow spiritually? If you will, um, open in First Corinthians thirteen and verse eleven. First Corinthians thirteen and verse eleven. I I, I I sense I don't have a lot of time left. First Corinthians thirteen and verse eleven. Yeah. So when you grow out of that babyhood stage, you then go into the uh, the childhood stage, yeah, and then you go into the uh, the manhood stage, and you see all of that in scripture. You go into the childhood stage from being a baby, then you go into the manhood stage. Let's let's look at this scripture. I want to use this for the purposes of how to grow spiritually. Paul said, "When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child." Uh, 
but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So this is the transition, as it were, from childhood to manhood. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood child, and uh, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Pastor Idris didn't put it away for me. Pastor God didn't put it away for me. Chinaya didn't put it away for me. I put away childish things. Spiritual growth is a choice. From babyhood to manhood is a uh, to, to manhood is full of choices. He said, "I put away childish things. There were things I used to do, and then one day I asked myself, "For how long will I keep doing this thing? I'll put it away." There are things or there are practices that help us, Amen, to move from babyhood through childhood to manhood. I want to pick on some of them, uh, and then we'll just round up. From babyhood to childhood to manhood, number one is to feed on the word of God. To feed on the word of God. If you uh, go to Romans chapter 12, um, from, verse, from verse 1 tells us to offer up our uh, uh, bodies, present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That being a reasonable act of worship, um, that you may know what is the good act. Sorry, it says then to... Um, of conform, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is the good, acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The problem when you gave your life there was a gift, is that your old habits did not die on that day. Yeah? So if there was a girl you liked just the day you gave your life to, uh, before you gave your life to Christ, you will find out that after you gave your life to Christ, you still liked her. In fact, when the thought came, you thought, oh no, I bind the devil. No, no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah? Nobody here gave their life to Christ and the next day you realize you were taller. That had always been your prayer point. Yeah? Or that big toe had shrunk a bit. Or that shoe that wasn't your size is now your size. Hey, you see the benefits of salvation. No, no. Nothing happens in the physical when you give your life to Christ. It is a spiritual transformation, a spiritual change. Understand that we are spirits. Amen. We are spirits. I'm sure Pastor Idris has mentioned this at some point before. We are spirits. We have souls and we dwell in a body. Your soul is the seat of your mind, your will, and your intellect. It is with your soul you decided to be in church today. Your spirit didn't bring you here. Your soul did. It was a decision you made. Your spirit may have willed to come to church and your soul may have said, no, we are staying here. It is a function of how you have come to train your soul. That's why the Bible says that a carnal mind is death. A spiritual mind is life and peace. Those are adjectives that you attach to the mind being a function of how well you have trained them. Paul said that I've come to find out that the things I don't want to do, I end up doing them. The things that I want to do, I find out that I don't do them. Can anybody bear witness to that? Even now, we still have those struggles. He said, I find out there's a war within my members. There is a battle going on. My body wants to have control of my flesh, of, of my mind, so that I don't have to fast every week, so that I don't have to fast at all. Amen. But my spirit wants to have control of that same mind so that I can practice my spiritual disciplines, so that I can pray, so that I can, you know, study the word of God and do all of that stuff. And so is that battle going on between your old self? And your new self. It was the late Archbishop Benson who woke up one day and he said, his, his body said, Ah, boss, we can't go to church today. He said, Well, me, I'm going. You will meet me there. 
<laughs> that man has trained his mind. <laughs> Amen. He has trained, he has a spiritual mind. <laughs> so he will get his body up. Yeah? When your mind is trained, your body becomes uh, your PA. When you say, we are fasting this week, your body says, yes, sir. Yeah? Uh-huh. Not the one that, uh, uh, we are fasting this week, your body will grumble the first day. You know how it is now. When you fasted three days, four days, your body will grumble the first day. When it's around lunchtime, your body will send headaches and send, uh, uh, you, you know, it will look like your tummy is going to explode. Don't worry. Tell your, you won't die. You won't die, sir. You won't die. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul said that I bring my body under, into subjection. I bring it under. Lest after I have preached to others, I myself should. Amen. This body, you will do the will of God. <laughs> you will do it. Amen. <laughs> so learn to feed on the word of God. He says that we are transformed when we choose to renew and constantly renew our mind. That's why you see there it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is present continuous. Present continuous. On no day will you ever finish study and say, ha, ah, at last, I've finished it. My mind is now renewed. No. It's not after you've read the last verse of Revelation 22. No. It's not about reading the Bible from beginning to end. No. Our mind needs constant renewing. Constant renewing. David said, your word, O God, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you? Constant renewing. Why? Because the world in which we live will constantly throw things at us. Have you ever had a really, really busy week and you got home at the end of the week and you felt drained? Anybody like that? You felt drained like, whoosh. Was this week necessary at all? At those times, what happens is that you've leaked some oil. You need to get some oil back in. Get the word of God back in. Yeah? So we, 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 we grow as believers when we begin to practice our spiritual disciplines. One of them is the word. But our spiritual disciplines, our spiritual exercises. Paul said bodily exercise profited little, but spiritual exercise is profitable unto all things. It has a benefit of the life that now is and that which is to come. Redeemed believers have experienced the total renewal of the whole person from within. It involves differences in thought, differences in feeling, differences in character, that may be slower to be evident in our outward behavior. So you actually grow from within out. That's what Paul was saying in 1 Thessalonians 5, I think around the 23rd verse, that may God preserve you holy. Holy there was W-H-O-L-L-Y, the whole of you, spirit, soul, and body. When you feed on the word of God, you begin to grow out of your spirit, and it begins to affect and impact your environment. So one day you're studying, I mean, uh, Bumi who spoke, uh, I mean, I, I covered that gift. He said he read, don't go to your neighbor's house, and the next day he didn't go. I said, Pastor, seriously. <laughs> but you see, that's how committed he was to the word of God. Take a, take a challenge. Take a, at the Elevation Church, we're doing the 30-day challenge now. Yeah? 
Uh, we had a health and healing month, and someone spoke to us about how bad things could be when you don't take care of your body. Take a 31-day challenge, Proverbs, stupid for the rest. Read every chapter in Proverbs, one every day for 31 days. I promise you, you can't be stupid for the rest of your life. It's a book of wisdom. Yeah? Take something else. Pastor, so, Pastor uh, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, yes, I started studying the word of God. I, I studied uh, Deuteronomy and uh, Exodus. That's not a good place to start. All you are seeing there is uh, Tolu begat Wali and Wali begat uh, Ogo. You won't, that won't work. Amen. Go to the book of John. Read uh, the life experiences of Jesus. What did he do when he was on earth? What did Jesus do that I can mirror, that I can do? The Bible says these things were for us an example. Read the New Testament. That is for you. That is the will that the Father left for you. Yeah? So if you've had a bad experience with studying the word, it may be a function of where you started from. Some people want to start from Genesis. Now I'm born again. I want to read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You will encounter a lot of potholes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah? So just skip some books for now. Don't be like my son who wanted to jump when he couldn't even walk. Start simple. Do John. Do Matthew. Do Mark. Do Luke. Go into the New Testament. Amen. So this is what Paul spoke about uh, when he talked about the old self putting on the new self. To turn, renewed in the knowledge and in the image of his creator. That's in Colossians 3 verses 9 to 10. Amen. So that discipline of the word is important. When you neglect the discipline of the word, you cannot be successful. It's in Matthew 7, I think around verse 24, where the Bible says that a wise man is the, like the man who built his house upon the rock. It says a foolish man is like the one that built his house upon the sand. It says that when the storms came, they hit upon the house. It says that the one that was built upon the rock, yes, it says, okay, it says that the one that was built upon the rock stood firm, but the one that was built upon the sand, it came tumbling down. When the storms came, the storms will come, my brothers and sisters. It's not if the storms came. The storms will come. And the storms will come and you will survive them. Why? Because you have a word within you. Make a habit of reading the word of God. All scripture, the Bible tells us, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped or furnished for every good work. Study the word of God. Study the word of God. Memorize the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. Proverbs 4, 20th verse. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ears unto my saying. Let these words not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. They are health to all of their flesh. I always say, uh, 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 you know, I always talk about being different as a believer. Maybe, of course, God knew that I had a teaching gift. I didn't even know then. I would just study different Bibles. What does this translation say? What does this translation say? What of this translation say? There were days I would open seven Bibles. And I'm studying just a portion of scripture. I don't do a lot of that stuff anymore. But the milk I took then is still with me today. So someone say, ah, Pastor T, you must, you must cram scripture a lot. No. I don't even think about it. 
It just comes. Why? Because I've moved from babyhood to childhood to manhood. And over time, I've stored God's word within. Take God's word. Take a verse. Some of us want to read a chapter. Take a verse and ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on it. And start from there. So when you study, you memorize, you meditate, I'm rounding up, you are practicing that spiritual discipline of feeding on the word of God. Learn to pray. Learn to pray. Learn to pray. Learn to pray. A lot of us have uh, very, very bad ideas of what prayer is or what prayer means. It may be a function of our backgrounds, where we came from, how we saw people pray. But prayer is communion or communication with God. Prayer is not down to how much I would look at when you pray. It's not down to how much you shake your head. I mean, those days I would look at people and like, man, God, I want to grow and I want to be able to be like this guy who prays like that. You know, because I would, I mean, there were times we'd be in prayer meetings and I'll stop praying and look at the person's head like, this thing will fall off soon. <laughs> like this, I mean, this thing will fall off soon. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. But we, we have all those pictures in our minds and we think, you know, prayer is about being this, oh, this person who has attained this place with God. Hear me, prayer is talking to your father. How many of you, when you want to talk to your, well, there are some wicked dads, amen. How many of you, when you want to talk to your father, you meditate and you think first and you pray, what am I going to say? Oh, what am I going to say? Some, 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 right? <laughs> But you see, if you knew the love your father had towards you, you wouldn't do that. What am I going to say? And then you rehearse it. Usually it's when you want to ask for money anyway. Amen. <laughs> yeah? And then you rehearse it. And then you say it over and over again. Yeah? How many of you, when you want to talk to your father, you, you go and get all his degrees and all his titles? And you say, my daddy. Daddy, daddy. First degree from Cambridge. MBA from Imperia. PhD. Daddy, I bow before you. <laughs> Daddy, I honor you. Daddy, I... So, so, so some of us think that there are some words of hate should say when we enter into the presence of God, when we storm the gates of heaven. Do you storm your father's gate at home? Yeah? When you get home, you want to, you kick the door. Hey, Daddy, I'm home. Amen. So you see all those things they've, they've thrown into us. So you think it's some, no, tell your neighbor, talk to God. It's as simple as that. Right where you are, Lord, I'm really confused about this situation. I need your help. Prayer is first a consciousness before anything else that God is with you at all times and that you have access to him. That way you maintain constant fellowship with God. You don't have to wait for a place or a time. Oh, this atmosphere is not conducive. I need to close my eyes and get on my knees and clasp my hands. Amen. And put a scarf on my head. And there's no scarf around here now. Amen. So I can't pray. Simply think about what you do with your father. You pick up the phone and you, and you, and you talk to him. You know another thing? We don't even wait to hear God in the place of prayer. Have you ever called your dad before and then you just spoke for 10 minutes and then you hung up? Have you? Anybody? I mean, we just want to celebrate you. <laughs> so prayer is communication. It therefore is two-way. 
when you pray, open up your heart to hear God's response. Yeah? Sometimes you've just spoken. Ah, and you know when, when, when you're baptized, amen, you think that's it. <laughs> Sometimes talk to God in English. Amen. Paul said, what will I do? I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray in my understanding. It's good. It's good to pray in the spirit. It is empowerment that gives you an advantage in life. But be real with God sometimes. You're going through an emotional problem. And you say, God, I want to talk to you about my emotional problem. You know, if I was God, eh? <laughs> that's why I'm not God. That's why you are not God. If I was God, okay, I'll put you on speaker. Then I'll put the phone on my table. Then I'll go and do other things. <laughs> Then I'll come back. And then you say, oh, daddy, did you hear me? Oh, yes, yes. God bless you. We'll work on it. <laughs> we are working on it. <laughs> the answer is coming. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I just get tired of hearing your voice. In fact, when I see your caller ID, I say, Gabriel, I beg. <laughs> attend, to, attend to this call. <laughs> it's that boy that just, <laughs> I just tries to intimidate me. With my own language. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Think about it. And, and I hope that that simplifies prayer for someone. Because everyone here should that God is your place where they feel and they know that they can pray to God and receive an answer. And that God is your father and that God loves you beyond any measure. And that God wants the best for you. Be reminded that you have no past. Absolutely no past. If there's anyone here today, you haven't given your life to Christ or rededicated your life, I want you to listen to that God experience again. And I want you to say in your private place, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. You died on the cross for me. I believe it and I accept it. I ask that your Holy Spirit come and abide in me. That is all the salvation prayer that you need. That's it. Tomorrow I trust that someone will find time for the word of God and begin to grow thereby. Your friends see you and they say, Ah, me, you haven't changed. Five years. It's not a compliment. <laughs> I know you all think, oh, you know, no, it's not a call. You haven't changed, and they've listened to you. That anger is still there. That malice is still there. You are still easily irritated. You still want to be the life of the party. Everyone doting on you. I say, you haven't changed. Ah, <laughs> you know, thank God. <laughs> and the angels are shaking their head like, <laughs> yeah then you see someone later say ah, this guy he got born again after me in fact I'm angry why is he the pastor I'm not the pastor <laughs> you are still displaying your childishness <laughs> start running start doing something start praying start fasting start worshipping we call it practicing the presence of God start worshipping yeah start worshipping some of us can only worship when uh, is it Tolu Damola, forgive me. When Damola is on the, on, the, on the mic and the keyboard. Sorry? 
Fola B. Fola? No, I didn't mean Fola. I meant Fola B. So it's Fola and Fola B. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> the worship here must be thick. <laughs> Amen. You see, when Fola and Fola B are on the mic and uh, someone is playing the keyboard and somebody is playing the drum, see, when the devil comes, there will be no mic. He will make sure you've left church. Hmm? And you are on your own in your room. The keyboardist has gone home. The drummer isn't drumming anymore. Then he will face you. Then we will know whether you can worship and pray or not. Forget about the keyboard. And in your house, just sing a song to him. The Bible says we should talk to him in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We should make our own melody. Make your melody. Whatever is very recognizes it. Uh, Pastor, my voice, I don't, I don't, my voice is very croaky. My, my key is Z. See, the keyboard in heaven, it's not like this one. All the keys are there. Tolu's key is there. Uh, uh, Pastor Idris's key is there. My key is there. Everything. Your worship always comes to God as a sweet-smelling offering. You are the one thinking it doesn't sound nice. Oh, I didn't like the ad lib. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> you will not see a situation where Adlib is not a, is it God, Father? <laughs> and then you will know. <laughs> you don't start practicing those things now. <laughs> yeah? Tell your neighbor, grow. See, I'm trusting you to grow. Say, the person I'm looking at today will have totally changed by the end of this year. I want you to thank that minister sitting beside you for allowing you to listen to the word of God today. Tell them God bless them. Help me thank your pastor for inviting me. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's appreciate Pastor T. Should Pastor T not pray for us? How can our Father come and not pray for us? Can we just bow our heads and let Pastor T pray? <laughs> Amen. Father, I pray over the Life Point Church today. I pray over my brothers and sisters, my friends who are here today. Lord, I ask that your word will find a resting place in their hearts. Lord, we thank you for the God experience and for our individual experiences. I pray for my brother and sister whose heart is aching today. I pray that because there is a balm in Gilead that you soothe them in the name of Jesus. There's someone here who is at the point of tears. I don't know what this is about, but if you, if you, if you, if you have any more of it, you are going to totally lose it. I'm asking for God's peace in your heart today that to guide and barrack your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray for that sister. You're a lady. I pray for that sister, oh God, that you comfort her this time and that you supply your spirit and that she will come through this storm with a song in her mouth and through this distress with a dance in her steps. For indeed, oh God, you have pulled us up out of the merry clay and you have
have set our foot upon a rock and put a new song in our mouth. Let, that, uh, let this be that person's testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I bless everyone here today. Thank you for the ministry that you have put in their hearts. Thank you because that ministry will explode, will minute expression, even here in the Elevation Church. And he who is being ministered to today will minister to someone else tomorrow. Father, let it be so. Thank you, Father Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And the whole church said a big amen. Let's put our hands together. Let's celebrate Pastor Tunu.